Good morning. Welcome to the Gentle Project podcast all about kindness. This is Irene Kartik your host for the show. The Gentle Project podcast all about kindness is an initiative to share stories, perspectives and view on kindness across different walks of life through different guests that we bring on the show. This is our humble attempt to just nudge the world a little bit that there's always a choice to be kind. So I really hope that you enjoy listening to this show. When life gives you lemons, make a lemonade. That's such a common saying. But more often than not, it is quite difficult to follow this. But today we have somebody very special with us. Lee Chambers. Lee has done exactly the same. He's overcome a lot of challenges in his life and he's here to share his story with us. Today is the part 1 of our conversation where we discuss about how he overcome some of his greatest personal challenges and I can assure you you would take away a lot from this episode. Lee is the founder of Essentialize, an environmental psychologist and a well-being consultant. Lee works with people and organizations by combining multiple disciplines to help meet their goals. So Lee, how did you embark on this journey? Yeah, it started uh 35 years ago when I was born in so many ways and I was born and brought up in the north of the UK and both my parents were very hard working and I was quite a curious and uh well-mannered young man uh but I found that I was quite talented at school and was the first one in my family to go to university and that kind of took me on a whole journey of a number of different businesses that I've run number of different qualifications that I've done and a number of different industries that I've worked in with quite a number of challenges along the way including uh mental health challenges redundancy and losing the ability to walk for illness and really through all my work experience my lived experience and through the qualifications and life experience that I've gained on that journey it's taken me to a place where now I bring all that together to do help other people through their challenges and to define who they are and really to anchor into who the fact that all the answers about ourselves about understanding ourselves better about finding out what we really want they're all inside of us and it's just a case of finding and creating frameworks and creating a world and an environment where we can really get into that and look after ourselves and be healthier, be happier and be more fulfilled in our everyday lives. Mhm. As I was listening to you, I was reflecting on my own journey of uh, challenges, losing the ability to walk and then to see you do what you do today is very inspiringly. So normally I have seen that there are two groups of people when it comes to challenges. Uh the first group transform themselves 
for the better and there is the second group of people who find it very difficult to adjust to life's uh, circumstances so how can people transform themselves the way you have done in such exceptional circumstances uh, what what would be your advice to them find change quite definitely find little change when we're comfortable harder than big change when we're very uncomfortable so for me when i and the kind of life that i've had as a learn try and make you know your childhood comfortable your parents were trying ensure that you were safe and ensure that you didn't fail too much and while that is the modern day principle of a comfortable childhood what that quite often does is it doesn't really help us chisel our character for when we step out into the world ourselves and find that adversity is everywhere and it doesn't discriminate it's at some point in your life you're going to face significant adversity and hopefully you'll have shaped yourself over the years through the challenges that you've had to find ways to deal with that because it's very much like the seasons and we have the seasons of life in the same way and everything in nature is like a cycle and that includes the good times and the bad times so for me when i first had my mental health problems at university that was the first time i was really challenged and because i had the issues around trying to identify who i was going to become as an adult and as a man and really not knowing how to access myself and dig deeper to find those answers and then I looked out to society and looked out to the past and didn't really find much reference point there either that led me to avoid and try and step away from the challenges of trying to express myself and define who I was but all that that avoidance did was made the problem worse and that really led me to then isolate myself for a period where it became so serious that my parents actually came to where I was living and took me home so that was really my first experience and i think for all of us when we really hit that first experience of adversity it's very difficult to really understand how we catalyze and alchemize that into something that we can then take something from because it's like really the first time anything happens you don't really know how to react or respond but what kind of happens over time is life is full of these little challenges and if we're willing to take a little toe outside of our comfort zone and just stretch that boundary a little bit what happens is it stretches our ability to be uncomfortable and the boundaries and limits that we set for ourselves so for me when i was struggling at university what i actually needed at that time was to take myself out of that environment my parents did that for me it was a very you know wise thing for them to do because being taken home all of a sudden i was out of that cycle and that ability to step away it allowed me to really reflect and look and have a you know a deep period of thinking about what and how i could try to manage this going forward so that was really important when you're having a challenging time try to step away and find some solitude away from all the things that are spiraling you downwards then it's also a case of you start almost i hit a point where i realized that 
I couldn't avoid it. I had to go out there and find out who I was. I could spend my whole life trying to avoid it and I'd never be happy. So it was almost an acceptance that things had not gone to plan and really being aware enough to accept that. You have to admit that when you fail in life, it's not you who's failed. You're not a failure. A process, a scenario, a system has failed. If anything, it's like an experiment, like in a science lab at school with your lab coat and your goggles on. And that's what life is like when you put a few too many chemicals in and it just doesn't create the reaction that you're expecting. But you can go and start again. It's not terminal. It's not as significant. And more often than not, we can just actually take what happened and look at it and split it up and realize there's probably bits in there that you can learn from, bits in there that you would do again, bits that you wouldn't. There's even little bits of treasure in every failure to really help us in our future life. But we don't see that if we attach too much emotion to it and we don't get outside of ourselves a little bit. So for me, what I really realized is it's about accepting that there's lots of things that you can't control. And once you accept that, you can then really focus on the things that you can. Because when you see that focus on the things that you can, you can take ownership over those and decide, actually, I can change this. And because I can, then I can start to try and do something about that. So when I lost the ability to walk, it was, it was, I was in shock because it, I went from incredibly independent to being completely dependent on others over the course of less than a week. But after a few weeks of being in hospital, I realized I can't change the fact that I've got this chronic disease and the fact that I've now lost the ability to walk. But I can take ownership over my health recovery because this isn't terminal it's chronic, I will have it, I will have to manage it, but I'm not going to let it define me. It's going to be part of me, it's going to be part of my mm-hmm. journey, and yet I can decide to be proactive in my recovery and do everything I can to get back on my feet and manage it. And when you get that, when you realise that actually this suffering, it makes me grow, because this has almost happened not to me but it's happened for me to push me outside my comfort zone to really break my pattern of not growing it's forced me to move forward to really try to bring other gifts out to try and look at the world a different way and it's so easy to become self-absorbed on the negatives on the what's happened but instead of saying why me say what can I do? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's so you've explained it so beautifully, and uh, I can so see myself kind of using, of course, some of uh, the portions on how I have overcome my own challenges. So it's, it's it, it it really makes me emotional and. You rightly said it is about acceptance and of course a very important thing that you said was that it is not terminal and uh, there, there, there will be another day and so there's so much of uh, 
learning and uh, wonderful wisdom that people can take away from that. So, given that life has changed for you, Lee, what was your greatest learning in this? Yeah, I think probably the greatest learning is that when you grow up, and especially for especially for people of, you know, the probably the younger generations, we're growing up in this society where a lot of the stories that you read are like happily ever after. And life isn't ever happily ever after. Because happiness is it's not something that you can you can attain. It's so much a case of it's like happiness is like a compass for your life it's like a guiding star so you never really truly get there when we have this society that suggests that people live happily ever after after a challenge it makes you think that after you know you've had a big challenge it's going to be happiness and plain sailing all the way through that you're never going to fail again that you're never going to suffer again and that's not true because in life I really take the fact that happiness is like my star in the sky and I'm never going to get in a rocket and get there. Lots of people feel that the happiness is like a shore, that they're, that they're on a boat travelling towards and they really, really want to get there. So they start paddling this boat really quickly because they want to get to that happy place. What happens is they're so focused on trying to get to the happy place they can't be happy in the moment. In fact, they are paddling this boat across beautiful vistas, missing out on all the views of the sun setting on the ocean because they're so busy trying to get to this place that, that's the happy place, that happy island. But it doesn't exist. It's not. You never get to a place and then suddenly I'm happy now and that's it. And we know this because as human beings, we have a whole set of emotions from the blazing joy to the deepest despair. We have all those for a reason. And as human beings, we have to try and find ways to express those healthily. And because we have all those, they become signals. They become guiders for what's making us feel happier or less happy. And sometimes that's useful. But at the same time, what might make you happy in the moment today too much of that might make you not very happy in the future. So it's about finding that balance between enjoying today, celebrating the small wins, and realising that when things don't go to plan, it's not bad. So it's a chance to learn, a chance to do an experiment differently. And for me, that really means that I now approach life. I don't fear failure because I know that failing is just a way for me to grow. I don't chase happiness in the moment right now because I know that happiness comes from understanding who I am and trying to make a little bit of progress towards becoming that person, a little bit of progress with that little star in the sky, getting a little bit closer to it shining on me a little bit more. But it's not a place where I'm ever going to be, I'm never going to live on that star. It's like the sun, you would melt if you tried to live on it. And I just feel that, for me, it's given me more of an understanding so I don't chase what society tells me. I listen to myself and travel my own journey. 
I quite like, I mean, uh, comparing happiness to a star and um, agree with, you know, that happiness is not a, you know, it's not an end goal where you reach and uh, life becomes rosy. So I, I like the, uh, you know, example of star that you've used uh, did with us. Happiness, uh, I think it is uh, like, it's almost like a river, I feel, you know, it, it keeps on flowing and sometimes you uh, get to the banks and you, you know, you dip your toes and you have a moment there. But it is not like you can't continuously be in a happy state. I think that that's very difficult. But don't you agree that today the conversation is so much about that uh, happiness is almost like a constant state, whereas it is not? Yeah, so I kind of think that. I mean, the river analogy is very powerful because a river, the energy's there. And once upon a time here in the north, they decided to use the energy of rivers to spin wheels to power the cotton industry, the textile industry, where I live here. And what's funny is that energy was always there. But all of a sudden, humans were able to utilize it by creating a little system. And the truth is that energy is within inside us. We've just got to create little systems to use our energy because it exists. It's just why I so often say it's about the little things that we do, the little habits that help us to be a little bit healthier, a little bit happier. They really compound together. And so often... We just build a barrier and place limits on ourselves. We stop our rivers flowing because when we were younger, people told us that we couldn't. So we stopped that river flowing. And when we were, when we were older, we told ourselves that we weren't that kind of person. So then we put another dam in our river, just stopping that river flowing. And so many people are full of potential. Every human being is amazing and has unbelievable gifts and skills to bring. But if we listen too intently to what society says, and sometimes what our own minds say, we can put lots of barriers and limits across our rivers, meaning that they stop flowing, and we're not able to use those powers to bring amazing things to the world. And I just feel that sometimes people just need permission to take those away. They need to not have to ask for forgiveness for being themselves because when we start to take those barriers and those dams off the rivers, all of a sudden it flows inside of us and we become who we are truly and deeply. And I think probably the best way to describe it for me is the power of why and why we do things. It's so much more important than the how and the what because it's the reason why we do things that gives us the motivation to continue it helps us to be consistent i kind of reference it back to when i lost the ability to walk and my power of why was the fact that not long after i came out of hospital my daughter was born and she was there she had none of society's limits and expectations on her and she was going to start walking when she was nine or ten months old and i was learning to walk as well and I was determined that I was going to be walking when she was walking. And that is a very powerful why, because so often we'll do more for other people 
then we'll do for ourselves. And there's no doubt that when you're going through recovery, it's very challenging. There was lots of mornings where I was in a lot of pain. I was very stiff and didn't want to do the exercises and the stretches and the physio that I needed to do. But my why inside, it was like a burning fire. So I had an intense, ignited passion to really push on with my training and with my rehab and with my physio because I wanted to walk with my children again. I wanted to play with them. And so often we go out into the world wanting something really intently, but we don't really truly want it inside. We've not really ignited that fire. What we've actually done is we've lit a candle inside. And a candle's great when things are good. It's really easy to walk with a candle when the wind is still. But at some point in our lives, the wind picks up and it gets stormy and it gets very blustery and it blows us around. And if your why inside is a candle, you will get extinguished. It will blow your candle out. And suddenly you won't have the why inside to keep going because that adversity, that wind, that will come. But if your why is a fire inside of you, that wind, it will make your fire propel. It will make your fire burn more brightly. It will actually spread that fire inside of you. And that's so often the difference between why people go on to do things. If their why is a candle, when it gets hard, it will get blown out. And without that power of a why, without that light, that energy, that heat inside, it's very difficult to keep going. But if your why is a fire and the wind, the adversity, the challenge, the winter can fuel that fire, you become more, even more willing to do it when it's hard. And that's how you become consistent in making a change, how you become passionate and persevere how you've got that grit to keep going, to keep making an impact, making a difference and making a change. And when that fire is you, you'll be able to continue to be you through everything that you go through. And that is such a powerful place to be for human beings when you know truly deeply who you are, what you are here to do, what missions you undertake and the person you need to become on your journey to do it. When you have that and that fire inside of you, those winds will make you even more intensely driven to go and do your work and do the build the relationships and be the person that you're meant to be. Wow, that was so inspiring. How you navigated through this challenge. The power of why, burning the fire of why. And very often we focus so much on what and how that we forget about the why. That's such an pertinent thing to focus on. Wow, that was so inspiring to hear Lee share about his personal journey and how he overcomes some of the greatest challenges uh, of life. Acceptance and self-compassion and kindness towards oneself is key. And as Lee said, failure is not terminal. There are bits of treasure in every failure. 
I think that's what I'm going to take back with me in this episode. Do watch out for our uh, next part of the conversation where we talk about well-being, employee well-being, environment, and how our lives are changed with COVID. If you like our episode, please do share and subscribe. Do write to us at kindnessissuper at gmail.com or visit our website thegentleproject.io. Till next week's episode, stay safe, stay kind.